Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. What up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. For exclusive content, please visit www.patreon.com backslash hard life. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. And you could hear and every us. Wednesday. Oh, there oh, you go. Shit. Get, I get that in was there. mine. It is. <laughs> I, I was going to lead you in with end every Wednesday, but just go right to it, Barry. I don't need a lead. All right, I can go right do, to it in it. your fancy new Knicks sweatshirt. Stand up. Can I see that? Yeah. That is fucking awesome. Who got you that? My wife got that for me for Christmas. That's sick. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's she never been. Good. It looks so bright. The orange. It's never been <laughs> yeah, it's washed. New. It's brand new. So, um, and yeah. you got that. And you got that great. Uh, there's no more pantyhose. Mike, Mike screen pop filter there. No, another it's Christmas a, gift courtesy of the wife. Yeah. A professional microphone. Dude. That bathroom just looks more professional every day. Just wait. Soon it's not even going to be a bathroom anymore. I'm going to get the toilet out of here. We're going to take the shower out of here. <laughs> my wife's going to be like, what the hell did you do? So I turned it into a studio. Someone on Patreon, I posted a photo of you getting ready for this, the last show. Right. But you know what? I'm going to take a photo right now for Patreon. Okay. Of you with your new your sweatshirt. Stand up for everybody. There you go. Look at that. Oh, peace, double peace sign. You got it? Trying to look way cooler than you are. <laughs> where where were we? Every Wednesday. Yeah. Every Wednesday you can hear <laughs> our cool selves on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Nets channel, 11 a.m. Eastern. It's the Nothing But Net channel. Oh, man, I always screw it up. If it was Nothing But Nets, I mean, that's what is that about the Brooklyn Nets? It's the Nothing But Net, you know, like when you shoot oh, and you yeah. get Who Nothing run, But Net. Who, Who says Nothing? But nets? Nobody says Nothing But Nets. Dude, it's Nothing But Net channel. Right. Nothing But Net. If you're going to give me a hard time for stepping over you and trying to take that, you might as well get it fucking right, Barry. I can't argue right? with that. Yeah. You can't argue with that. This is season two. Episode 24. I did not think you were going to get that number right. <laughs> every, every time I go to you, I'm like, please don't know. Please don't know so I can kill you for it. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. I've been a Knicks fan since 1992. This is Bart. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve here. This is Manny from Stanford. I've been a Knicks fan since the early 90s. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks life. Knicks life. Knicks life. It is a hard Knicks life. Boom, Barry D. What is up, my man? How you doing, Axe? Oh, I almost thought I wasn't recording. I just checked that I am recording. Phew. Oof, heart well, dropped. At least it would have only been like a minute in, not like 30 minutes in. It would have been eight minutes in with all the nonsense we've been talking. But um, what's up, dude? How is, uh, how is Alabama? I know you were there for the holidays. It was good. I mean, they got a ton of rain. 
every day we were there. Yeah. But, you know, we still got to do what we wanted to do. It was nice. It's it four days with the in-laws. Right. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. How was your uh, last few days? Miserable. Oh. Fucking that? awful. Why? Dude, I am a miserable Knicks fan right now with the rest of the miserable Knicks fans. They're ruining my fucking staycation, Barry. They're ruining it. Yeah. I've been off from work for over a week now. I don't go back till after New Year's. Dude, and it fucking sucks. They're you know, ruining it. I know. We, we've been talking all season how, like, at least with their losses, there's always some positives to hang on to and to take away within the right. losses, and, and there hasn't been too much. Ugh. Dude, some drama is starting to build around the Knicks right now. Just got blown out against Utah. Cantor's losing his shit. Unraveling as we speak. After getting pulled from the starting lineup before that game in Milwaukee. We've lost 14 of our last 16. Still so much inconsistency from Fisdale with the minutes and everything. You got Courtney starting one game for Hardaway when Hardaway was sick. Then the next game, he's getting a DNP. You got fucking Frank's mom coming all the way from, where'd she come from, France? Somewhere fucking far away for Christmas Day, and he doesn't even get off the bench. <laughs> Dude, this is <laughs> starting to get weird. The losses are piling up. And I don't even know if that's bad, of course, when it comes to next year's draft, right? But at some point, Fizdale and this front office have to decide which players they want to invest time into. Because all this indecisiveness is affecting everyone. You can see it's starting to affect Cantor, right? The morale of the entire team, the entire team's psyche, dude. Dude, and as these losses are mounting, what's going to happen with this team? Right? Are we going to see players like Ennis getting frustrated? So many players on one-year deals, which we'll talk about later. Like, are they going to start looking out for themselves, looking out for getting their own points? How's that going to work with this team and this rebuild? Are we all going to be on the same page for the rest of the year? This is going to be really, really interesting how this next month or two pan out and how Fisdale handles all these guys. Did you watch that game against Utah, Barry? You were in Alabama. I don't know. Were you able to watch all these games? Yeah, I have MSG Go. So, yeah, I was able yeah. to uh, to keep up on it. <laughs> so... So how bad was that? That oh. team was lifeless against Utah. We we were dominated out of the gate. I mean, they, they were just having fun with us, toying with us. I mean, the the, the ridiculousness of scoring 70 points in the paint that game, they, they did whatever they wanted. We might as well have been playing with five guards on the floor because, um, I mean, as good as Vonley has been, you know, he really wasn't able to do much uh, against Utah, as was anybody. Luke Cornett, we know, you know, he's not athletic enough and strong enough to battle against anybody inside. Um, and Cantor, I mean, we're going to get into Cantor. I know, uh, I mean, oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot to talk about <laughs> there. Um, it's, uh, no, it was it was disgraceful. It was a, a ugly, ugly loss uh, from a, a, a horrible team that looked... You know, they, they played their worst game of the season. Dude, it was 71-34 to 34 at, at the end of that first half. And Fizdale, after the game, spoke about... Well, here, I'll just play it. He said this. That first half, uh, from your perspective, what did you see was the biggest issue there? Force. They came out with force. We came out dead. Uh, we just had no legs, no life, nothing. Uh, 
couldn't make shots, couldn't get stops. It was just a, the total avalanche. And then we go into halftime, we regroup, we call each other out on where we were weak, where we let each other down, and somehow we come out and we win the second half. So, you know, we just got to find a way to put it together. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep, I'm gonna keep uh, going at it until I can figure out how to get these guys to play 48. So Fizdale's talking right there about how the Knicks, you know, didn't do much in the first half, but in the second half came out and won the second half. Who gives a fuck, Barry? We were down 71 to 34 in that first half. That The, the other team is always going to let down a bit in the second half. Yeah, that course, didn't show yeah, us anything. When you're leading by 40 points or plus, yeah. Are you, are you going to really play yeah. that hard and intense? You're going to look like a freaking jackass if you're right. it, playing that hard at that point. It means absolutely nothing to me that the team played better in that second half. Absolutely nothing. And we saw the Knicks have tons of horrible quarters this year but to string two back-to-back quarters you know to make up that first half against utah was just you know they, they buried themselves deep into a hole and then they, they they had nothing to show for it they, they played awful so before we get into canter the only fucking highlight for that entire game for me oh i'm sure it was for you i mean we're not going to go into this because he wasn't great for the rest of the game but frank's dunk i've been waiting for him to dunk like that for over a year now <laughs> Seems like whenever he goes up for something like that, he either gets swatted away or does you know, a high misses the layup. The board. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> it never works out. But dude, he he got it was just a couple minutes before that dunk. Um Breen was talking about how Gobert was the longest player in the league. And then all of a sudden Frank Nilakina is dunking over him. You know Brutus who who loves Trey on Twitter? Yeah. yeah. I love Brutus. He, he, someone posted that highlight, probably Nick Film School or something, and Brutus says, Frank barely got off the ground. Thank God he has long arms. <laughs> such a mother, such a motherfucker. You can't even give him, like, that was a great fucking play. You can't even give the dude that. Of course, Frank finished one for seven. How, what have you thought of Frank since his Christmas Day DNP? He's played two games, he's gotten in two games since then. Has he looked better to you? Uh, pretty much the same. He's got a new haircut. He has is a new that the haircut. only thing that's he, new for him? He, it looks like he means business. No more right, he said, fooling around. No more frosted tips or whatever the fuck those are. Right. But to, to me, he's looked the same, dude. Um, <laughs> he really has. I mean, he's unfortunately, he's got no offensive game. And, I mean, I, I don't need that much from him, but I'm not really seeing much else anyway. Um you know, they're putting him in situations now where I'd still like to see him get more minutes. I mean, I think, I don't know, what was it 17 minutes he had that, that last game? So I'd st- still want him to get over that 20-minute mark to at least try to get some type of foothold on this team and on the offense. Even if he's not producing the scoring, at least maybe he's running the offense a little bit. But right. uh, no, I mean, again, it's it's slow going. It's early and it, it's the first half of the season. But uh, I I have not been impressed in these last two games. Why are you seeing something that I'm not? No, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm a huge Frank supporter, and I want him to do well. I think he has it in him to do well. But I got to be honest with with a lot of our guys, especially our point guards. I'm really I'm really starting to wonder if our future point guard is on this roster right now. Like I don't know. I know Frank's only 20, and we see a lot of potential in him, me especially. But 
should it be this if 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 anyone's going to be that great should it be this fucking hard you know what i mean should it be this hard to see something you know i know frank was a, more aggressive against utah took 7 shots in 16 minutes but the only one he hit was that dunk and at some point i mean at some point he's got to start hitting some shots i mean can't just always be he's getting good looks they're just not falling or every game it's something i sometimes i wonder if we're just all coming up with excuses for him but yeah well i mean here's another excuse for him you know that maybe it'll make us feel a little bit better how i I could use something like that uh, yeah i mean how much production and again not from a scoring standpoint but just from assists and you know kind of getting something going in this offense how can you do that with nobody around you I mean, who does he have playing beside him? You know, Knox is, is coming into his own, right? And we hope that someday he's going to be a major scorer for this team. And he has had a great month, so we'll give him that. But, I mean, really, it's not like he has these all-stars around him that he could dish the ball to that is going to draw the defense to to open up some other guys. I mean, he's on a, he's on a crappy team. He's on a horrible team. So, I mean, you could give you know, give the ball to anybody and try to make these other players great. It's not just going to happen like that. Right. I mean, well, here's the thing with the, with this team. Everyone's struggling lately. Knox is even struggling. He's eight for his last 27. Moutier has played well, not of late, not of very late. Hardaway's still struggling. Trier's been struggling ever since he signed that contract. But if you look at this team as a whole, like you were just saying, it's basically a team of role players. There's no stars I think that's why Fizdale's struggling a bit as far as picking out his lineups, who's going to start, who isn't. Everyone's pretty much like, it's pretty much everyone's equal. <laughs> you know, it's a bunch of role players. There is nobody to run the offense through. You know, there's there's nobody that stands out. You know, so so yeah, it is, it is very hard for a point guard to really do anything because Frank is not a scoring point guard. He's not offensively minded, but... Yeah, you know, last year, especially when Porzingis was healthy, you saw a lot of nice glimpses with his with his dishing and his getting everyone involved. But there's no one to fucking get involved right now. Right. Even when you feed some of these guys, nobody's hitting any shots. Tim Hardaway Jr. is as cold as they get. You know, so yeah, that is that does make it hard for any of these point guards. Burke, Moutier, Frank, you know, the biggest part of their game is getting the offense to flow and the offense can't flow when there's nobody... <laughs> to get the offense going. Nobody's hitting shots. Nobody's doing anything. Let's talk about Ennis. Ennis, who went from like last season, you know, and at the beginning of this season, being this like light, fun, carefree guy off the court. And then on the court, he was a guy that was always going to stand up for anyone on that team. You know, it seemed like he was team first, New York first. But dude, a lot of the stuff that Cantor's saying lately... Is he going crazy? Do you think I I get the sense he's starting to lose it? That moment with Giannis. Oh, when First he all, started laughing after that. Well, just thing? I mean, he fouls Giannis. He basically puts a forearm to the face of Giannis, right. which I have no problem with. But then how he just went up to Giannis with his eye bleeding and shoving his face into him like he's a fucking wrestler. Giannis wanted no part of it. I don't know. I think Giannis wanted some of it, too. I mean, we know Giannis got up and ran to the other end of the court, but he had to because he was his turn to play defense, right? But but he just got he got up in Cantor's face as much as Cantor's got in his. I think they were both feeling heated. 
I mean, Giannis was pissed that there was no foul called, and he he did take a shot, a hard shot to the face. Yeah, but he was heading to the bench. Cantor went out of his way to get his face right into Giannis's face, smushing his face just like he did with LeBron. Mm-hmm. He obviously is, he likes doing that, Ennis, right? And then Ennis goes to the locker room to get stitched up. Doesn't know he got ejected. Oh, that did was you hear great. that sound with uh, with Rebecca, Rebecca Harlow? Harlow? Oh, that was terrific. <laughs> that was terrific. Do you buy that? That Here, let me play it. What happened to your eye? And I know you've got stitches, correct? Yeah, three stitches. What's your take on what happened out there on the floor and what was the deal with the second tech? On what? The second technical. Did I get second technical? I got ejected? Whoa, <laughs> doing what? I got ejected, really? Doing what? Well... I mean, I guess you got to uh, respect the refs, but whoa, okay, I got ejected. I mean, I was getting my uh, eyes stitched, so got ejected. Cool. Do you buy that? that I don't know. Had no idea. Or was he just playing up for the camera? He definitely could have been playing it up. He's like, I did? What? I was ejected? <laughs> like, dude, I mean, common sense, like, I mean. I was just, you, I was just you back just, here getting my stitches. I didn't know I was ejected. Yeah, okay. You know you at least got one technical for doing all that nonsense with Giannis. And then you had to think there was a chance they would call a tech for for that forearm to the face of Giannis. I mean, that's a hard foul to the head, pretty much, and that's an automatic technical, always. Even if they miss the foul call. He had no it's like what? What I did? What did I do wrong? He's I've never heard him sound that dumb. <laughs> it seemed like an act to me. Whoa. Doing what? I got ejected, really? Doing what? And then, dude, he had that quote the next day after that game about him, you know, getting benched before that game, coming off the bench for Cornette. And he said something like, you know, if we're losing, if we're doing it and we're getting wins, that's fine. But if we're losing, that's a problem. And then after the loss against Utah, Ken Cantor said, I don't know why they're shutting me down. I just want to play basketball. It's too early in the season to be shutting me down. And then, Barry, today. Did you hear his quote today? Maybe. Now he's frustrated because he wanted to be an all-star this season. Oh, right. And now look at the situation he's in. The fuck do you have to say about that, Barry? Even when he was coming off the bench, because there was that, you know, there was the stint earlier in the season when he was coming in off the bench. He was still getting the minutes that he was getting as a starter. So it's his fault if he's not putting up these all-star numbers listen it's not about you ennis maybe it's not all about you ennis it's about the team ever think of that motherfucker you like that barry (laughs) yeah you tell him (laughs) i'm gonna tell him right now we've lost 14 of 16 games and you can't play any d you're the slowest least athletic guy on the court and you can't hang with any of these modern stretch fives that are out there right now what the fuck have you achieved to deserve, deserve some sort of special attention? Special attention? Special treatment on this team. You've never made an all-star team. I don't think you've ever been a starting center on a winning team. And you want a permanent spot in the starting lineup? Dude, Ennis had the opportunity to, to opt out of this contract, right, Barry? Yeah. He was able to assess the league, the situation on the Knicks. Did he want to be on a team that was going to rebuild? And what did he decide? He was going to stay put, stay in New York. He was going to stay. Why was he going to stay put? Why do you think he was staying put? 
So he probably was thought he, stay- that he knew there was going to be no KP in here. He probably thought he was going to get a ton of minutes on this team. Right. Was it because he wanted to be here in New York? Was it because he loves the Knicks? He loves his teammates? No. That's a bunch of BS. It wasn't. It was about he, him. Yeah, he plays that song and dance no matter what city he's in. He wanted the money. He got the he had the nice got nice money for this year, right? And he 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 was convinced, I'm sure, him and his agent were convinced that if he stayed in New York where where the team was shit and there was no one else playing, that he'd start every single game at center. He'd put up double doubles all season and he had a chance of going to the All-Star game and getting that big Big multi-year contract. And now, he's freaking out because that's going to look like one shitty decision. Right? You, he knew there was this risk by not opting out. And now he's pissed because his minutes are dropping? Because his slow, antiquated way of playing center may not be a good fit for this team? Now, not only... Now, not only is his, his way of playing not a good fit for this team, or like you were probably about to say, I was about to say the entire fit. league. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's not a good fit for anybody. Now his fucking shitty attitude isn't a good fit for this team. He went from talking, went from like, the dude, went from the fun-loving Ennis Cantor talking about his nipples getting hard for the playoffs to all he cares about is making an all-star team. Yeah, freaking all-star team. He is a guy that sh- on any team should be coming in off the bench. And yeah, they're... There may be some matchups that are going to be good for him, some lineups and teams he's going to be going against. That you know, some teams go through these through these phases depending on who's on their um, who's making up their team, and um, sometimes they play half court basketball. You know, and 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 it could be good for him to bash in the ball, slow it down, slow down another team's pace, and and that could be a good fit for him. But it's still going to be coming in off the bench in you know specific situations. You know, in in no universe of the current NBA landscape is he, let alone an all-star, a a freaking starter in this league. Does he not see that? I mean, everybody, like we've said before, we we appreciate the toughness that he's got. We can can appreciate his moves in the post, around the rim. But when it comes to defense, I mean, he has not made any – Forget about strides. He hasn't made any steps, any baby steps, showing that you know that he, that he's changing. What we we see maybe out of every three games, we see one good, impressive defensive possession. You do on the account of Ennis. That's you do too, too few and far between. You know between <laughs> you know every possession down the floor. Come on. And and then in, and, and to complain all this time, and then in last game, and I mean it's the last thing that we should be complaining about when it comes to Ennis, and it's the last thing that matters is because it's the least of his problems is scoring. But while we're laying it on Ennis, let's lay it on Ennis. He had zero points in Utah, you know, on six field goal attempts you know, since, since the last four and a half seasons. That's three hundred and thirty-seven games that Ennis has played. He put up a zero once before this. And in that game, he only played three minutes and had one shot attempt. You could tell that whole game he was not into it. He was pissed. No. no. Yeah, he's wearing it. He's wearing it on the court. There was this one, there was this one uh, sequence where he was like trying to set a pick for someone and they went around him and, and he was like throwing his arms up and he was just laboring out there. And then Utah stole it and he, he didn't even attempt to stop to run back the other way. 
that he's just, I don't know. Uh, you know, going into the season, I was very excited about some of these uh, guys that Perry and Mills brought onto the team this year. All these guys like, I mean, they got Moutier last year, but they had Moutier and Cantor and then they added Vonley and, you know, they had got Trey Burke last season. And who else did they get? They got Hazonia in the offseason. Just a lot of guys who were going to have expiring contracts after this year. And they're all trying to prove themselves or prove their next deal. But lately I've been wondering, like, is this the right mix of guys for a rebuilding team? Like, it seems like half of this team, half of the key guys on this year's team are all playing for their next contracts, you know? Right. Well, you know, you, you've got your rookies in place that you hope are going to grow and that are yours for the next two to three years, right? And then there's these other guys, like you mentioned, that you brought in on one-year deals, and you're kind of just sprinkling stuff together, seeing what's going to work, um, and you're not really hindering yourself because they're only on one-year deals, and it's not like your team's going anywhere anyway. But if you find something like a Vonley that you think, okay, we've got potential in this guy, there is something here after all, let's keep him around, let's sign him for another one-year deal— um, and, you know, these guys didn't work out. We're going to cut them loose and we'll bring in a couple of new guys and maybe one of them will fit. And you have the luxury of doing that now in a year where there's no expectations. We'll see what happens this summer in free agency. And, and again, we may miss on everybody. Maybe nobody wants to come here this year and we'll have another year to do the same thing going into 2020. But right. I, yeah, I mean, I love Vonley. I think he's been one of the few bright spots of late. Like he's been playing awesome. But I think we have too many of these. I just think we have too many of these flyer type guys. It's just too many. And I really wonder as this season goes on, you know, and we keep losing. I mentioned this before. Just like we ran into this last year. Like we're trying to build a culture here and some sort of like team first mentality. Well, I, and I mean, how sharing hard is it to do that and, though, right? I mean, aside from getting the support from your front office, it's yeah. really hard to build that type of culture when you're losing game after game after game. I mean, you know what the morale's got to be like in that locker room to look back on, like you said, losing the last 14 of your last 16 games? I mean, how do you how do you have an upbeat, strong, winning-type culture feel when, when you're getting blown out by 35 points, when, when you can't put string any type of wins together? Well, it's, it's, very, it's nearly it's impossible very... to do. It's very hard, but it's going to be even more impossible to do if, if half of these guys start just looking for, you know what, even if, if we're going to suck, I might as well go get my 20 points or try to get my 20 points. You know, that's well, what that's I'm the whole about. thing that and I mean, get some type of semblance on defense. I mean, I mean, I'm glad that, that they've had like two days off in between games. They're going to have another two days off in between the next couple of games. So, I mean, hopefully they're on the on the basketball court putting in the practice. But I mean, I'd like to see it somewhere. I mean, all it's been harped on, you hear about, you know, New York and you hear about, you know, Fisdale pushing for defense, defensive mining first, and it's, we're just not, we're not seeing it. I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that they're trying zone, they're trying whatever's going to work, but we know you're not going to put up all the points because you don't have the talent to do so. You got to figure out a way to come together to, to form some type of defense to at least slow down these other teams, make it close. I mean, at least the, the, the first half of games we've been through so far, 
at least, you know, we were in close games a lot, but something's falling apart here. Something's breaking down. Um, I know we've had like smatterings of injuries, but I don't, I don't even think that's the issue. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why we were in these games early, unless it was just a matter of the other teams getting their feet wet and kind of getting into the groove and stepping into who they were. Um, and we were just kind of deceived the first part of the season that we were going to actually have an entertaining, you know, close game type season. Well, Hardaway was on fire to start the season. True. Right. Yep. That made a difference because at least we had somebody to run the offense through, some number one option. But he's been cold as ice for the past, I don't know, like month at least. Yeah, he's been quiet. He's been he's been just like everyone else out there. So there's no... Knox has stepped it up of late. Not of late, but he, he stepped it up in the month of December. He had a great month of December. Not a great past couple of games. Yeah, two games. You know, when, when Fizdale started that lineup... Um, I don't know, one or two lineups ago, it's hard to keep track. You know, the the Robinson, Vonley, uh, Dotson. Did he ever start Dotson? I don't know. Whenever Robinson and Vonley were starting in place of Cantor and Frank was starting at point, I think Dotson was in at small forward and then Hardaway. Yeah. Hardaway, right? Yep. Knox yep. wasn't in there. Right. Like that lineup was playing well and then... And it seemed like Fizdale was saying, I'm going to just fully embrace this rebuild. These are the fucking guys that are starting. They're defensive-minded. But I don't know what happened. Ever since he put in this new lineup that includes Hardaway, Moutier, and Knox, you know, the defense is just not there. You, there's there's not enough guys in the starting lineup who play D. And the only guys who play D on this team, Frank, Dotson, and I guess Vonley is the other guy, but he's starting, which is good. They just don't get the majority of the minutes on this team. There's no accountability for the defensive end anymore. Have we heard any update on Mitchell Robinson? Where he's yeah, at? Uh, supposedly Mitchell Robinson is hoping to play against the Lakers. Okay, that's which uh, is Friday. The next the next game is Denver, and then we got the Lakers on. Uh, I got the schedule right here. We got the Lakers on uh, Friday. Yeah, Friday night. One of those uh, 10.30 games, which is, you know, that's going to be brutal. <laughs> I don't know if LeBron will be playing with that groin injury, so that'll help. But, that's true. Um, yeah, he's hoping to play against the Lakers. I can't wait till he comes back. Yeah. Like, we desperately need, we are so thin up in that front court. Now, with all this shit going on with Cantor, like, I'd be perfectly happy with Cantor getting some DNPs. I don't know if it's going to happen. Because it does seem like Fizdale does sort of have this preference to certain guys, and Cantor is one of them. I don't know if he's going to... You think he would ever totally just go Frank Nilakina on his ass? <laughs> I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. In today's league, you do see that happen you know, uh, with players. Yeah. I mean, I just want them to... I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, it was interesting. What do you think of Courtney Lee... He was the only player who didn't play in that game against Utah. Was Did you hear anything was going on with him? Or No, I think it's just... I don't think it was anything with him. I, I think it's just too many guards on this team that Fizdale wants to give equal opportunity to. You know? Hazonia played, played for five minutes in that game. For some reason. Yeah, I think he, he in threw the first him in there half. in the second... Was it the first it was half in the, sec the second? I thought, I thought it was the, the second half, but I yeah. could be wrong. 
Maybe it was in the middle of uh, when they were getting the. Lance Thomas played for seven minutes. I mean, these guys just like, disappear and then come in for a few minutes. Then the guy who started the game for Courtney Lee didn't even get in. Right. I was wondering, is Courtney like, are they about to make a deal with Courtney? You know, trade him somewhere? Like, what's going on? I can't figure Fizdale out. I can't. I don't think he can figure this team out. Porzingis posted a, an Instagram photo of himself dunking today. Oh, I missed it. He's missing us. He's missing, well, he's missing the game. Tank standings, Barry. It's pretty exciting. We're right now number two in the tank standings. Everyone wants Zion. It's the only positive of us losing every game. Dude, did you know that being number two in the tank standings, or even number one, gets you a 14% chance of getting Zion Williamson? 14%. <laughs> Doesn't there's sound. an 80 if we end up with the worst record in the league there's an 86 percent likelihood that we don't get zion williamson that's depressing isn't it isn't it depressing yeah <laughs> and every game we like during every game everyone's tweeting out like well we're doing this for zion <laughs> we're not getting zion williamson it's a long shot all we do by, if we end up with the worst record in the league, all that guarantees us is a top six pick. Any of those top five or six teams have basically equal chance at getting the number one. I hate these new lottery odds. Yeah. It is the worst year. And of course, it's the year where we're going to end up with the worst record. <laughs> because of that, I'm trying to get my mind set on you know, being ready for when we don't get Zion. So I'm looking at some of these other guys. Right. There's this guy, Ja Morant from Murray State. Have you seen him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been getting some buzz. He's watching his highlights. He's awesome. And the way Frank, Moutier, and Trey have played this year with so much inconsistency. I've been I've been so desperately wanting like a pass-first point guard who can also score forever. Like I want one of these point guards who can get 15 assists in a game. yeah. And I don't know if we're ever going to get an offense that has any sort of flow or system until we finally get a point guard. And, you know, as great as Zion is, and people talk about him like he's the next LeBron James or something, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't think I've seen enough of him. The highlights I've seen, he's amazing. But, like, if we still don't have a point guard, if we're not able to get, like, a Kyrie in the offseason, is it going to make that much of a difference? Who's going to be running the offense? I feel like we're, we're just always going to struggle until we do get that stud point guard. And they're picking Ja Morant to come like number three, dude. His numbers this year, have you seen his numbers? No. 23 points a game, nine, like nine plus assists, and like seven boards a game as a six foot three point guard. He's 19 years old right now. His highlights, he can get to the rim at will. He, he's dunking over people. He's, he's great at feeding his teammates. He's great, Barry. I don't even, you know, this is what I do. <laughs> I'm going to get stuck on Morant just as a way to keep me mentally sane for the lottery. Yeah, well, that works. You know. He's the fallback, and he's awesome. Well, that's great. To have a fallback guy who is awesome that's going to fit a need on your team Nothing wrong with that. And again, we can't. We don't have the luxury, like you said. Even if we finish dead last, we don't have the luxury of saying, "Okay, we're guaranteed that top pick." Like you said, we've got a fourteen percent chance at it. Whether we're dead last, second to last, third to last, it's the same thing. So, 
you can't help that. You look, you know, if Zion's there, you know, obviously if he is going to be this generational star, this generational player, you can't pass on him. But again, if we don't get that pick, then yeah, like you said, there's guys like Morant coming out in this draft. So we should be okay. So guys, for your own sanity, look past Zion. Right, Barry? Yeah, I mean, well, don't get hung up on him. Don't get hung up. Don't get hung up on his muscles and his dunks. There's a lot of other guys out there. And we're probably going to end up with one of them because we're the Knicks. And if we had 90% odds of getting the top pick, I wouldn't be comfortable. We're going to have 14% odds. Not very good. Barry, what are the odds you're going to be drunk for New Year's? Oh, um, I I mean, should be pretty favorable. What? (laughs) Should be pretty favorable. I mean, I'm not home. Usually my wife will end up driving, so... What a great, uh, yeah. You're going to be have a great New Year's, aren't you? Pretty favorable. It's awful. <laughs> We're going to actually be at the same fucking New Year's party. We will. New Year's just isn't the same when you have kids. Kind of blows. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to be out of that place by 11. At the by latest. By 11, dude? At the latest. I keep joking with my wife that I don't even know if I'm going to see any of you guys. We'll probably be out of there by like 7.30, 8 o'clock. Well, that's ridiculous. We're getting there at like 7.30. Dude, my daughter goes to bed at 7 o'clock at night. It's New Year's Eve, dude. What are you going to... You don't keep the same bedtime on New Year's Eve for your kids. Uh, Do you? I mean... No. If I have to. It's not like they have school the next day. My daughter turns into a monster at a certain time. This is the one night out of the year that she should be allowed to become that monster. It's a wild animal. Yeah. Dr. Jekyll. Let her Today we went fly. to the planetarium, dude. Yeah. I went, we went to the planetarium. I went, took them by myself. Oh. Do you know how long we lasted in there? Oof. How long? I would say a minute and a half before I had to bust out of there. Cause Get out of here. She's like on the kids. floor kicking the seats and punching them and crying. Oh. And everyone else is trying to have a nice quiet time looking at, at the shooting stars above our heads. Yeah. What about your son? When, when, you had to, when you had to leave because of how she was acting, was your son disappointed? He was fucking pissed off, dude. Yeah. Of course he was. <laughs> and I, had to, I had to carry them out of there with like all my shit, my bags, with diapers. Well, I'm stepping I mean, the on first it. Mistake I'm stomping was you on everyone's yourself. feet. I don't, I don't know what you were thinking. Going Tried to give yourself. my wife the afternoon off. Wow. I'm never, never again. Never again. You hear that music? That's yeah. the end of the show. That, that, now it's time to look ahead, see who, uh, see who's coming, coming at the Knicks, right? Right. Who's, who, who do we, who do we got coming up next? Well, you're gonna Give enjoy your New Year's, right? Because <laughs> on, on New Year's right. Day, we're gonna be in Denver. Oh. oh boy. Then we got two days off, and Friday night we'll be in LA against the Lakers. Again, it may be a LeBronless Lakers, but they've been playing quite well. <laughs> then two more games on the road. Portland and Golden State in back-to-backs. Nothing like ending the year and starting the new year on a fucking West Coast trip. It doesn't get easier after Golden State. I know this is looking way ahead, but then after that Golden State game, then at home you got Indiana. We know how well we play against Indiana. And Philadelphia. All right, Barry, how how far deep are we going to go into the schedule here? I'm just saying, one, two, three, four, five. The next six games, whew. Ugh, you know how hard it is to watch us get blown out game after game? You know how even harder it is when the games are starting at 10 o'clock at night, Barry? Yeah, that's rough. 
it's going to be it's gonna That's be why I'm rough. looking forward to Mitchell Robinson coming back. At least we get to see him again. I missed him so much. Yeah. We'll get to see him for like 11 minutes before he fouls out. And like you said, like nobody's really been you know, usually somebody's like just having like a couple of stretches of games where they're just, you know, going all out crazy. And uh, nobody's been doing that the last couple of games. So hopefully somebody's going to step up. Hopefully Knox gets back into it because... It was two games. And again, the two games he had, they weren't horrible. Were they Were they poor? Yeah. Below average? Yes. <laughs> but they weren't horrible. They weren't like offers. They weren't one for tens, you know. They, they were just, you know, kind of bad. Yeah, and even, yeah. I think Utah, he was like at least three for four from threes. So again, there's, you know, a little... Right. Uh, they were they weren't one for tens. He was you know he's four for fifteen again that Milwaukee game. That's great. Okay. But you know what? If worse. we're losing and Knox is just doing well, then I'm fine. When we're losing and nobody's doing give well, give us something. Give us something to take away. Right. That's right. Special thank you VIP shout out to Patreon VIP Arnold's Lysans. Mm. Nice. You can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Or hit us up Follow on us the on phone. Twitter at hardnickslife. Follow Barrett. What? What'd you just say? I said hit us Call up us on the phone. The phone? The phone line. The fuck is a phone? All right. Tell them the phone number, Barry. Someone will feel bad for us and they'll call. Get the pity call. Yeah, give us a call. Tell us about your hard next life. 516-33-MESH-1. I've got an idea. Maybe you're alone on New Year's. You don't have anyone to kiss, right? Give us a call. Kiss us. 516-33-MESH-1. Right, Barry? Just call us. You don't even have to say anything. Just, like, kiss the phone. Just silence and kiss the fucking phone. Hmm, that's not right. <laughs> right, Barry? Whatever the reason, call us on... You know what? That would be really cool, New Year's calls. I might pick up, because I'll be laying in bed starting season two of The Patriot on Prime. I'm very into Barry. Okay, I haven't, I haven't seen it. It's the weirdest fucking show, but it's very good. All right, guys, have a happy new year. Happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. It's going to get better in 2019, right, Barry? Can't get it's worse. It's going to get better. It can't get worse? No. It might get worse. How could it get worse? Denver, Lakers, Portland, Golden State, Indiana, Philadelphia, Washington, <laughs> okay. Oklahoma all right, City, all right. Houston, Brooklyn, <laughs> Miami, Charlotte, Dallas, Boston, Stop Memphis. It! <laughs> Stop! All right. <laughs> we're gonna be. I don't know if we're gonna get another win into February. Until February. <laughs> All right, guys. Happy New Year. Until next time, Barry. It's a hard next life. <laughs> it was disgusting. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.